So here I am with Kyle Weatherman, who is a professional race car driver in the uh, NASCAR series. And so we're here, to, here today to talk to him about his interests that drove him to be a professional driver and uh, just his life in general in, in and off season of uh, racing. So how's it going, Kyle? Good, sir. How are you guys? Good, good. So now that uh, race season is over and and it's it was a long season as as most are and very busy during the weeks and prepping and everything that does it feel good to be uh over and have a little bit of a break i know there's a lot to do still but um how does that how does that feel yeah yeah so there's still definitely like you said a lot to do in the off season but uh it's definitely going to be nice when when friday comes around here and we have you know, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday off to kind of just relax and, and catch up and, and do some things around the house and, and, and stuff like that, you know. So um, I actually live in North Carolina now, so I'm excited to go back home to, to Missouri where I'm from and, and catch up with some family and friends that I haven't seen in a while and, and uh, you know, just spend a little bit of time there. So I'll probably be in North Carolina for probably another a week, a week or so, and then after that probably head back to, uh, to Missouri for, uh, for the holidays and at least spend some time with family for sure. Nice. Now, I know uh, you mentioned that you were from Missouri. Um, is that where you were born and raised and kind of grew up for the most part? Yeah. Yep. So I lived there until I was 16. Um, and once six, once I was 16, I actually moved to North Carolina and moved in with another NASCAR driver, Chris Busher. I lived with Chris Busher and um, his wife for just about a year until uh, my mom and sister actually moved down. So uh, I actually live with my mom right now in North Carolina. And uh, yeah, so it's uh it's it's really good to to live with her just for the pure fact of i'm gone so much so uh i i have a dog so she helps take care of, of my dog oakley and and uh you know stuff around the house as well you know so really good and and um you know thankful that she actually moved down here and like i said just being gone so long uh during during the travel weeks and and uh you know race season uh there's just um a lot that uh, a lot of that happens there you know so definitely good on that end well, it's always nice to have support and whatever you're doing i mean people that think that and not to say that you can't do it all on your own, but sometimes like you're, like you're saying, it's, it's busy, right? You're gone. Your, your pet needs watching and you know, if your home and all your stuff is there, it's always good to have help and support. Absolutely. Absolutely. So going, uh, back to your childhood, um, your, was it eight? Am I right? When you started to really get in involved in racing and, and driving yeah. Yeah. So when I was eight years old, um, my brother was, I actually raced with my brother as well. He was seven. It's, we're just about a year and a half apart. Um, my dad has always raced and, and liked racing. My dad never really made it to the professional level, but, uh, my dad has a best friend named Brian Main and, uh, Brian Main is related to David Reagan, which is a NASCAR driver. He's actually retired now, but, um, you know, that's, so that's really where it started. So we actually were, were eight years old and, um, you know, my dad took us to a go-kart shop and it was actually pretty crazy. So the first time we went there, we were just going there to kind of look and, um, and you kind of just look around and see, and, and just, you know, see what my brother and I's interest was, was, um, and go-karts and stuff like that. And, uh, we actually left that night that day with go-karts and, uh, and crazy or not that uh, we actually ended up racing that weekend. So, um, it, it was really cool, you know, so obviously I was only eight, so I'm kind of going off stories of, of what my dad and, and Brian told me, but, um, you know, it's still really cool to, to have a hobby and have a sport that, uh, you know, we could do at such a young age with, with family, you know, so that's really important to me. 
That's that's funny because I go to gun stores. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go look. Um, but that's cool. You you left with two two go karts of your own. Yeah, yeah. One for one for myself and one for my brother. And uh, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's it's crazy how stuff like that happens. And, and like you were just talking about, obviously you go there just to look and and uh, whether whether uh, I talked my dad into it or or the you know the owner of the go kart shop talked us into it. Whatever it was, it was uh, it was a pretty fast um, you know turnaround. And and like I said, I'm I'm very thankful that it happened that way. And like I said, we started young, and and um, you know it's something that you know I'm really appreciative of and really thankful that you know my dad did this and and you know it's 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 really cool also you know i'm only 23 now you know so there's still a lot of racing that's left and and a lot of things that i want to accomplish still and you know hopefully like i said this is just the beginning of of where this all starts yeah awesome that's that's super cool that you're able to to have your own and and so then um a couple of couple of questions that i had do did that drive then your interest into wanting to do other type of racing and, and then how often did you guys uh race in go-karts at that age and then you know getting older and older yeah so when we were eight i don't know exactly how many times we raced that year but when we when we turned like nine and ten years old we were racing all over the country i, I think we did um almost 60 races one year in go-kart so we just traveled all over from from road america to north carolina south carolina uh, you know, Georgia, uh, you know, around Missouri, Peavey area, Missouri, um, you know, Kentucky, Kansas, you know, so we were racing all over the place with go-karts. Um, and then when I turned, uh, when I turned nine, when I turned 10, 10 to 11, we raced Bandoleros, which is the next level of racing. Um, and we traveled all over as well and did about, about 45, 50 races in the Bandolero series. Um, and then when I was, when I turned 12, uh, we raced legend cars, which was the, the series right above that. Uh, you know, so it, it's really dependent on your age uh, of what you can race. Um, you know, so we just really kind of took the steps slowly of moving up and, and, you know, spending the uh, correct amount of time in, in one series and learning everything I can to, to prepare myself for the next level, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, just like I said, super thankful for, for having, you know, a dad like I do. And, uh, you know, a friend that, that was really supportive on my dad's end and, and my end to help get us started and help get us jump started and, and you know, relationships and, and connections that they did to, to help us be successful like we were. So it really was a family kind of affair. I mean, you guys would travel around with each other and race and your, you and your brother would participate in, in presumably the same races, right? Yep. Yep. So we were in the, still, still in the same age group and we started around the same time. So uh, and that's kind of what determined that, but yeah, uh, all the way up from eight to 15, uh, actually 16, uh, when I was 16, I actually signed with a different team, but, um, all the way from, uh, you know, eight to 16 is, is whenever we had a, you know, a family organization ran team and, and, um, you know, from, from 16 on, I've, I've been with a, um, you know, a different team, you know, so it's like I said, really cool to kind of look back at it and, and look at the years that, you know, I had with, with my family and, and, uh, you know, I never, I wouldn't change it for anything. It was, it was an amazing time. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, really thankful for that opportunity. Were you pretty, were you pretty busy with, uh, obviously there's nothing that compares to where you're at now in NASCAR, but is there a level of preparedness that you need, um, at that level? I mean, you're, you know, eight to 15, I think you said you're racing 16 ish, um, and that go-kart and Bendeleros and all that. So is there, 
a good amount of prep and, and time spent, I'm sure. I mean, fixing up, you know, stuff that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my, even at a young age, my whole life has been different than, I guess you can say an average, you know, uh, kid or teenager or young adult or anything like that, uh, you know, during, you know, the weeks uh, and weekends when I was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, I was gone on weekends, right? You know, so obviously, you know, normal kids or teenagers would go over to their friend's house and, and hang out or, or whatever. I was gone on the weekends, you know, so I'd go to school during the week and then on the weekends travel, whatever our races was, uh, you know, race was that weekend, you know, so um, at a young age, my, my career, um, took over. And like I said, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, I mean, I definitely gave up a lot as a child and as a childhood, um, on, on other aspects, but like I said, I, I wouldn't go back and change it for anything, you know, super thankful for what I have now and, and, uh, what I've grown and, and built in. So, um, I'd say ever since I was 12 years old, I've, I've made the decision to, um, you know, completely dedicate my life, you know, to this career and it's something that I wouldn't change, you know, so super thankful for it and, and love what I do. And that, that was my next question. I was going to ask you, where did that, that, that kind of, uh, peak, um, interest lie as far as, okay, I, I can either continue on this path and make it, uh, try to make it a profession, or I actually focus on, uh, some other hobby or, or academics and, and go that route. So it was about 12 is when you kind of realized that that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, at eight, obviously, I've always looked up to um, these these past champions that we've had, and you know, I've always like looked at, looked at um, you know Jimmy Johnson or, or Kyle Busch or any of these drivers, and be like, wow, I want to be like them one day. But no, I'd say twelve years old is is really whenever I was like, okay, I've I've got it, I can do this, and um, you know, I, I just need to put one hundred and ten percent dedication into to make this happen. Um, you know, and, and it's such a, a sponsor driven sport and, and stuff like that to where you really have to, uh, spend day and night, uh, you know, looking for sponsors and, and, you know, doing social media stuff and, and being prepared on, on whether it's watching videos online and, and being prepared for, you know, your next race or, or anything like that, especially at the NASCAR level, they don't let you test or anything. So you've got to, um, you know, prepare yourself the best of your ability before you get there, you just say so you're, you know, not behind, you know, and especially as a rookie, you've got to be prepared just because you haven't been to some of these places before, you know, so there's a lot of, 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 um, you know, videos and, and iRacing, which is a, an iRacing simulator, which is, um, you know, basically a, a virtual um, racing game or simulation that they have that really helps out that I use a lot. And, and uh, there's just a lot of preparation that can go into, you know, just even one weekend. So what did your, uh, what did your parents think? I know your dad has been surrounded uh, in racing and has, has had friends in NASCAR um, and you were around these people growing up, but what did they actually think um, when you were developing this interest and in, in heading towards that direction? Were they concerned at all? I mean, obviously it's a, it's a dangerous sport, right? People get hurt and and have died doing it. So, or, or were they like all in, like, you know, get it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad has always been all in. And, and so has my mom, obviously as a mom, you're, she's obviously a lot more worried than, than my father was, but, uh, you know, they were both very supportive and, uh, obviously my safety was first, uh, you know, so they took, you know, definitely a lot of, of care in that aspect and made sure that, all my safety equipment and, and everything on that end was always up to date and stuff like that. But no, I've, I've always had super supportive parents and friends, you know, so it's been really cool uh, and amazing experience. And like I said, I wouldn't trade anything for, 
for anything that I've had, you know, so it's really cool to have such an amazing, you know, support group behind me. And, and, you know, that's, that's the reason why I'm here today. And, and at the position that I'm in is just from the, you know, the support group and the people and, and, um, you know, the, the family members and, and just, uh, everybody that I've met across and along the road, uh, to get me to this point. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear. Cause that's, it's, it's key. I mean, obviously you can still, uh, you can still obviously push through some, uh, some personal things if, if you're fighting that in your life to, to get where you want to be, but it's also good to have some level of support somewhere, whether it's a friend or some family member that's like on your side. So that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, when you were 16, I think you said you moved out to North Carolina. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And what did you do when you moved out there? Were you starting to get ready, um, and, and training and, and, and prepped for moving into that world? How did that work out? Yeah, so all the basically 99% of the NASCAR teams are based in North Carolina. So realistically, to to make it as a driver at a young age, you've got to, in, in my opinion, live here, you know, so, um, you know, at that age, you know, I made a commitment to move here. And, and at that time, like I said, I was signing with a team as well. So I ended up going uh, to work for that team. I'm I basically tell everybody, I'm a mechanic during the week and, and, and I get to do my hobby and, and drive the race car on the weekend. Um, I've always at a young age, my dad has taught me to work on race cars and, and be involved and whether it was cleaning the car, whether it was, you know, changing the gear, whether it was whatever it was, you know, just being involved and, and being 110% committed to, to make stuff happen and get yourself better, you know? So, um, I, I think it's really important. I think relationships are very important. So to build a team, uh, and have a relationship with each individual um, employee that's on your car is really important to me, you know. So uh, going during the week, working in the shop with the guys and, and building a relationship on that end is important. And then showing, you know, your dedication as an, uh, um, like I said, what I call myself as an employee for that that race team uh, during the week is is cool to, you know, do as well. And like I said, it just builds respect uh, for, for yourself around the guys that, that work on your cars as well. And that was at 16, right? Yeah. Yep. So you're still pretty young trying to get in that, that world. Yep. Yeah, I know. And, uh, it's crazy. I mean, even in the industry now, you know, they start young, we start really young and, and, um, you know, back then they started a little bit older, but from, from, uh, you know, from here on out, it's, it's going to keep on getting younger and it's crazy. Now, uh, I'll probably ask you a more in-depth question on, on this aspect, as far as joining race teams and whatnot, but did... Um, I remember reading that you won the Legends um, National Championship when you were how old? Twelve. Uh, actually, I tell you what, I think I, I think I was thirteen. So that's um, that was the Legend Car Series. Yep. And uh, started. You can start when you're twelve in that series. And I, yeah, I won the national championship, uh, which was incredible. That was was really cool. And it was actually out in Vegas. Uh, was the year that uh, that we raced out there and. It, uh, it was an incredible experience. And, and luckily, my, my father was there, my brother was there. Um, and, um, you know, the, the team owner that, that I raced for was actually uh, the same team that, that Chris Busher ran for. And it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. It was amazing. Awesome. And then so that I mean, that really, that really basically solidified like, hey, I enjoy the, the heck out of this sport. And uh, I know where I should be in life. Is that that kind of the feeling that rush that you got from winning that you're like yeah i can do it for sure yeah no and i mean that's you're racing against um 
you know, the, the best in the world. And, and when you come to the national championship races uh, at that level, uh, you know, you're racing against, you know, drivers all over the world and they all come for that one race. Um, and to be able to win that race was, was incredible, you know, so that definitely, um, I, I don't know if that was the turning point, you know, where, where my career, you know, lied and like, look, this is, this is what I want to do kind of thing. Cause I think that, you know, in my head, I've, I've always been confident. So I think that I kind of knew that before then that I was capable of doing stuff like that. But, um, you know, I guess that just kind of proved to others and, and gave opportunity, uh, for myself, uh, in other areas and other directions, you know, so. Um, you know, I've always been a confident person in my opinion, you have to be, uh, to be successful and, and, um, you know, no, it definitely was, was an incredible moment for sure. Yeah, totally. You, you need, uh, you know, an appropriate amount of confidence level to, to participate in sports, especially racing sports or just any other sport where you're, you're very competitively, um, up against some really, really phenomenal, um, athletes, right? Cause I, when I grew up, I was, um, uh, participating in, uh, competitive surfing and it, it, uh, it was like totally cutthroat, you know what I mean? So you got it, you gotta have some confidence level built up, uh, to be able to stand up against the, uh, the other people who are gunning for that, that top spot. Yep. Absolutely. Right place, right time. And, and like you said, a confidence level and, and, um, you know, knowing the limit as well, I'm not cocky and I don't, you know, try to show off or, or do anything like that, you know, but on the other hand, you've got to be confident. You've got to believe in yourself and, and, uh, that's where it starts. And it's, it's hard to get other people to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So that, you know, that's, that's where everything starts and you've got to, um, like I said, be confident in yourself to, to move forward. And, and, uh, I am, and like I said, I just got to do, uh, do everything I can on my end to put myself in the right place, right time. And, and when uh, an opportunity arises, you've got to be ready. And that's another thing, you know, just got to prepare yourself for, for anything. And, uh, you know, when opportunities arise, you've got to pounce on it and be ready for anything. Yeah. And you seem like a, a very, uh, a humble person. So, um, in whatever, you know, if someone listening to this, uh, this episode, whatever you choose to do in life, obviously you need the confidence level to uh, like I mentioned and, and like Kyle, you were talking about to, to, to push through and, and to progress and to get better and, and to win stuff like, like you were doing. Um, but you know, you, you also have to be humble and that, and that fact, knowing that you have room to grow and that, um, to, to really look at yourself, right? I mean, if, if you think that you're the best and, uh, that's it, then, uh, then you're probably, um, going to find out very soon that that's not the case because uh, there's always more to learn in life so no exactly and you're exactly right and and uh you know that's where i'm at i've i've always been open i've always had you know my ears wide open with with any advice any feedback um you know and, and like you said you've definitely definitely have to have uh, a certain limit of of confidence but on the other hand you've got to um you know learn right and that's the only way to get better is, is to learn and and pay attention. And I try to do that the best I can is just to pay attention to, um, everything. Right. And, um, you know, just listen to others and, and, uh, take advice and, and try to get yourself better. Cause like you said, there's always room to grow and, and, uh, you might think you're the best at one thing, but then soon realize that, uh, you can do it better. And, um, and as long as, as long as you keep on trying to make yourself better, uh, and that, that's how you, that's how you become the best. Right. And you've just got to, to keep on moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. So before I move into another part where I want to ask you when you 
uh, started getting into uh, heavily race teams and participating in North Carolina. Did you have any any time for any other hobbies or anything like that when you were growing up as a kid, or was it just solely focused on uh, on racing and prep and like go go go? I played soccer when I was six, but I'm pretty sure everybody at at six years old plays soccer. But uh, other than that, no, I've been. Um, you know, you know, like I said, at eight years old, from eight on, I've just been, um, you know, involved in racing. And, and like I said, um, it's, it's been an incredible journey, incredible sport. And like I said, I'm just so thankful that I got to do it with my family and still doing it with my family is, is awesome to have their backing and their support. And, uh, like I said, this is just the beginning and I'm just really excited to see where this can take off and where it goes. I think on a, on a, uh, another conversation we had, um, you, you were talking about going hunting or was that in Missouri area? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So my dad has, has hunted his whole life as well. And it, and it's a hobby that I love. It's an, it's a hobby, unfortunately that I don't get to do a lot, um, just because of, of racing and, and how that takes over. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I've given up a lot in my life to, to pursue this career and, and I wouldn't change it for anything, but no, definitely love duck hunting and, and uh, I haven't went deer hunting a lot, but I definitely go duck hunting with my dad when I can, um, you know, during um, during the off season. And, and uh, he's got a club that he goes to down there and my brother's really into as well. So it's just something cool. It's hard to find things that that I can do to, uh, I guess, get my mind off of racing. And that's another thing. You've got you've got to find things that you can, um, you know, go to do and, and relax and, and just kind of reset. Right. So that's really important. Obviously, you can't be stressed out and, and, and working, you know, at 110% your whole life, you've definitely got to find things that, that you can go to, to do and relax. And in hunting's one of them, uh, being out on the lake and, and, you know, surfing, wake surfing, wakeboarding. Um, I actually just went skiing for the first time, uh, with my grandparents and my father and uh, my brother and sister, we went skiing for the first time in Colorado. Uh, so that was awesome. So yeah, I've just definitely got a lot of things that, that I try to do whether it's that or, or fishing or just really anything. I enjoy doing a lot of things, but, um, you know, just trying to find other things, uh, outside of racing to kind of just, uh, take a chill pill and relax and, and just, um, you know, joy, enjoy family, friends and, and other things like that's important. Nice. Well, you can come and uh, enjoy your off time by shooting with us out here. <laughs> yeah, no, we've, we've talked about that before and I'm really, I'm really excited to try to make something like that happen. I'm excited for that. It'd be, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then moving on to what I was talking about earlier, um, when you got to North Carolina, kind of, uh, I, I don't really understand the whole evolution or process of all of that. So when you, when you actually got there, did you already have a t- you already had a team obviously, but did they have like a list of things for you to do? How does that work out? And, and where do you, where do you land when you get there? Yeah, I just to see where you fit in. But yeah, no, they've got, uh, you know, work, whether it's a workout, um, you know, routine that I do uh, during, uh, you know, during the nights, I'm a, I'm a night workout kind of guy, I enjoyed night stuff. But um, yeah, whether it's that, or like I said, I mean, during the week, I'm an actual employee. So I, I, I help with with whatever it takes on a car, you know, so I'm, I'm a little bit smaller of a guy. So I do the interior stuff, which is, you know, the kind of tighter spaces and tighter areas of where the actual driver's at, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that goes on in there. Um, you know, so during the weeks I normally do that or, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of to the level now where I can help put motors in, help put front suspension on, you know, really 
all the way around the race car. Um, you know, I, I've tried to learn every aspect of it. And, and the reason I've done that is in my opinion, it, it's really important to know each individual part that's on the race car. Uh, you know, so know what, you know, adjustments do during, during the race. And, and, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we're allowed to adjust, uh, during the race that, that helps the car handling. And, um, you know, in my opinion, knowing what parts are that are on the race car and whenever we're changing those, um, I just think overall knowledge of, of what's going on and, and how the car works and, and, um, you know, what, what aspects of, of the car, um, it just everything, you know, just knowing more about what I'm driving is, is really important in my eyes. And, and, um, you know, I feel very knowledgeable, just like a regular mechanic or a regular employee at, at, uh, at the, at the team that I'm at, um, you know, is, is important to me. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people that don't, um, particularly know the ins and outs of NASCAR or, or racing at that level is, um, the ability to having to work on the cars or having input on, uh, on the cars. And just like you said, having that, uh, makes so much of a difference. And, um, you know, obviously it's a, it's a team, um, team event, so to speak in, in some regards. So having that helps win races and, and getting better and, and progressing. Right. You're exactly right. And like I said, I just want to be the best I possibly can as, as a driver and as Kyle Weatherman, and I'll do whatever it takes to do that. And, and like I said, um, you know, giving feedback is really important of how the car's driving, how the car's handling. And, uh, you know, I want to give good feedback and I just want to have be knowledgeable as, as much as I can, um, you know, to, to make the race car better and, and drive better and, and build the team. Right. You know, so it's just really important in my eyes to have a good relationship with the guys as well. Like I talked about earlier and, and, uh, being here at the shop during the week, um, helps that, you know, going out to lunch with them and, and doing all stuff every, and being involved with, day in and day out activities, uh, that happen during the week, uh, just helps build, uh, you know, for the weekend and has a better success, uh, for once you get to the track. That's a good point because a lot of people think of, um, racing, especially NASCAR or whatever, whatever racing sport, they think of it as an individual thing because they only think of the driver, but there's so much that's involved in, uh, in the process, like the team, like you were saying, uh, and, and being around everyone and, um, and building and learning off of each other. It's, 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 it's funny to think that it's so similar to other professional, uh, uh, professions, I guess I was going to say, um, in, in team environments, like, like I'm on the SWAT team. And so building cohesion, you know, also involves downtime and, and spending time with, uh, with your teammates and, and, you know, like I said, building that bond so that when you're actually, um, come, come game day, you're, you're all participating at a, or, um, or performing at a, at a, you know, a very high level. No, you're exactly right. And I mean, it's just like racing is just like any other sport, whether it's football, baseball, anything. I mean, um, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess the light is on the driver and the driver makes most of, of the success, but to have that success, you've got to have everybody behind you whether it's, you know, starting at the shop, whether it's the road crew, whether it's the pit crew that's changing your tires, you know, fuel in the car, uh, everything, right? You know, so at the end of the day, yes, the driver is the one that that creates the success. But on the other hand, you don't have success without everybody else behind you, you know, so it's just like every other sport. Obviously, there's definitely a lot of stuff different. 
you know, on a football team, there's however many people on the field that, that can make a difference. Um, and, and then realistically, there's the same thing with racing. It's just the driver uh, at the end of the day makes the biggest um, decisions and, and aspects of how the race goes throughout the day. Um, but to have that success, you've got to have everybody else behind you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so was there any type of formal, um, driving training, uh, when you were there, I know you said you worked throughout the week on the cars. Do they, do they also give you time to drive when you're, uh, newer to the team? How does that work out? At the, at the NASCAR level, no, NASCAR does not allow testing. Uh, and that's just a pure fact of, of trying to save money. So for example, the team that I'm with doesn't spend, um, you know, the, the crazy amount of dollars that, you know, Kyle Busch or, or Denny Hamlin or, or any of these guys spend, you know, so we're on a definitely a different budget. And the reason NASCAR put that into place is, for example, like I just said, those, those bigger, those really big teams uh, could go test every single day and, and make their cars better. Um, obviously for, for a team like us, it, it, we've got to be on a budget and, and watch our spending and it, it just wouldn't be feasible. And the NASCAR is just trying to make everything uh, the best they can to be fair, you know? And so NASCAR made a rule to where uh, NASCAR teams can't test. Uh, so the best thing that I have is is this simulation called iRacing. Uh, and it's basically a simulation on, uh, you know, on computer uh, and on sim. And it's it's very realistic. Um, and NASCAR and, and iRacing have gotten together and, and basically... Um, they scanned these racetracks and every bump, every, every, everything that has, is goes into aspects. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Of, of seeing, um, on the track, how the car drives, uh, you know, just, just every aspect that you see on this virtual game, uh, or simulation is, is I'd say 85, 90% realistic to what you see on the weekend. That's interesting. I didn't. I mean, obviously, technology has is has grown astronomically in all types of different ways, but they scan the track to make it feel like you're actually there on that specific track. Every every bump, every crack, every you know uh, decal that's on the side of the wall, the wall color. I mean, just uh, you know where a sign might be, where a cone's at. I mean, there's it's it's very realistic, and like I said, it, it's really cool that. Uh, this simulation has came about because it obviously definitely helps a driver like myself that's new to some of these places and to be able to get on this simulation before you actually get to real life racing uh, it just it just helps speed up that learning curve that much more yeah the, the more you get more comfortable with it uh, even though it's not actually in the car itself that you're building up the same type of skills yeah you know and that, that's the cool part is it, it's just that realistic to where um, you know, you can get on this simulation and, um, you know, prepare yourself for that weekend, you know? So it's, uh, it's cool that they've came together and built something and, and, uh, brought us, uh, you know, a tool to, to use, you know, something that valuable and that, uh, realistic. So explain, uh, what you were feeling like on your first, um, professional NASCAR race, like, like your first day, how did that, how did that feel? I mean, it was, it was something that I've always dreamed about, right? You know, so there was definitely a lot of nerves, definitely a lot of uh, preparation that I did before we, you know, got there and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just um, I've always been an overthinker and, and stuff like that. So definitely there's you know, just a million thoughts running through my head and stuff like that. But, um, you know, once again, my family was there. So it's, it's amazing to have, you know, their backing. 
but no, my first race at the NASCAR level was actually at Homestead Miami Speedway in, in Florida. And uh, that was at the truck series. And uh, it was just incredible, right? I mean, like I said, I mean, it was something that I've always dreamed about wanting to do is is make a start on the NASCAR level at the NASCAR platform. And to be able to do that at a young age, I was 18. And uh, to do that at, at a young age was was awesome. I can't imagine, you know, being there and and uh, having the fans and um, your family and so many other race car drivers. And, and so having that rush um, is probably a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool feeling. So take us through uh, like a normal routine for you on on race day, like get up, getting ready. W- what do you normally do? Yeah. Yeah. So, so breakfast is obviously the first thing. That's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, get up, shower and, uh, and get ready there and, and go get a really good breakfast. And, and, uh, another thing with racing is, is hydration. So, and that actually starts, uh, way before, you know, the actual weekend, you know, so, uh, hydration, uh, you know, during the season, you know, nurse all, you know, just, just all week. Right. And, uh, you know, so you basically all season, you know, you've, you've got to stay hydrated just because of how much we race, but, uh, the hydration starts for, uh, the next week starts normally on like a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, you've got to start, you know, really hydrating and, and getting your hydration right, you know, and, uh, and eating, you know, and, and working out and stuff like that, you know, so there's a lot of preparation, uh, that goes into, um, being ready for the weekend. And, you know, normally, like I said, that starts, um, you know, on the Monday before, right. You know, so. Um, you know, so, but on race weekend, you know, like I said, normally get up, get a really good breakfast and, uh, normally go to the track, um, you know, a couple hours before the race starts. And like I said, I've always been kind of an overthinker. So I normally, uh, try to get, you know, my headphones in for a little bit, kind of try to, uh, clear my brain a little bit and just kind of get prepared. And, and, uh, like I said, normally the preparation for that weekend happens before I get there. So, you know, normally all my film watch and, and, uh, I racing, you know, with the simulation that we have is normally like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Fridays are normally our travel days, you know, so um, all the preparation happens before I get there. And then once I actually get there, it's just a matter of, like I said, getting a good breakfast in and hydration. And, and uh, like I said, just kind of clearing my head and being prepared the best of my ability. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I mean, the races are long, obviously. And so you want to make sure that your body and your mind is prepared um, way in advance. I mean, for any 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 person who's done anything for more than any any period of time that they know that it's not you're just not going to show up and yeah i'm ready let's let's get it over with i'm i'm here um it, it definitely takes uh quite a bit of physical and and mental preparedness so that kind of leads into my next point like what do you what do you normally do for physical and mental preparation i know you you said that you worked out and then uh just before you clear your head with some music, what else, uh, what else do you tend to do? Yeah. Yeah. So during the week, um, you know, during these summer months, obviously inside these race cars, they're incredibly hot, uh, normally right around, you know, 120, 130 degrees. And, you know, so the biggest thing, the biggest tool that I found is, is obviously cardio helps a ton. Um, and then, you know, whether it's, you know, trying to recreate heat, right. And, and I found that, you know, being in a sauna, really helps, you know, so I use the sauna a lot. And, uh, you know, the gym that I go to has a sauna. Uh, I've got a personal trainer that has a sauna as well. And, um, you know, it's just trying to recreate and, and uh, be mentally prepared uh, for that long, you know, so 
Uh, like I said, hydration is the biggest thing, uh, you know, cause I, I sweat a lot, you know, so definitely trying to stay hydrated. Uh, but like I said, I mean, it's just hard to stay mentally focused for, you know, two, three hours, like we are in these race cars at the, at the, that heat that they are, heat that we're at the mental focus that we have to stay mentally focused for, you know, three hours. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just really hard to stay focused for that long. And, and like I said, during the weeks, uh, you know, through these, you know, these summer months, uh, you know, the sauna and cardio is, is just really important. Yeah. I didn't realize it got that hot. So do they, do they test, uh, race, uh, track temperatures each race? I'm sure they do. Right. They keep track. Um, but you know, there's really no, um, you know, normally inside the race car, it's normally 30 or 40 degrees hotter than what it is outside. And like I said, you know, normally summer months, these racetracks that we go to sometimes they're, you know, a hundred degrees, you know, 98, you know, 80 degrees outside. So when it's, uh, you know, hundred degrees outside, it's, it's 130 inside the race car, you know? So, um, and, and, you know, we do have, um, a, and then you have your suit, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got suits on, we've got a helmet on, we've got gloves, we've got race shoes that are all fireproof. So they're obviously all hot and heavy and, and, um, you know, we do have, uh, <laughs> super comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And actually they have made them really comfortable now, but, um, you know, the only thing that we have as, as drivers is we call them AC boxes and they do help a little bit. Normally the AC box will, um, you know, make it five or, or 10 degrees, um, cooler inside your helmet than, than what it is inside the car. But still, like I said, when it's 140 inside the car, it'll drop it down to 130 degrees, but still 130 degrees is hot. Right. You know, so, um, it, it, it helps just having airflow and stuff of that kind of move through your helmet and stuff like that. But, uh, at the end of the day, like I said, it's still really, really hard to, to stay mentally focused for that long. And that's why I've, I've found that, you know, being in a sauna, being in uh, physical shape, you know, through cardio and stuff like that's important. Well, no kidding. I mean, like you said, hydration plays a big factor in that leading up to it during the week. Cause if you're not, if you're behind and I do, uh, I do some, uh, distance runs. And so I can feel myself sometimes where I don't prepare during the week properly. And, uh, I, I'm going to be paying for it. And it's very painful when I'm actually on the run and trying to recover afterwards, because I imagine after that race recovery is really important too. Right. Yep. Yep. And I normally try to take Mondays off from any type of cardio or, or anything like that. Normally Tuesdays I start up, but, uh, no, I mean, like you said, I mean, you can't just show up on, on Saturday when our races are and, and drink a gallon of water and be ready. You know, you've got to, you've got to prepare, you know, days before. And like I said, Wednesdays are the latest that I can really start, um, preparing for that. So I have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to, to prepare for it. But like I said, Wednesdays are, are the latest that I can start to, to be prepared for, for the race on Saturday. So, um, moving fast forward, I guess, uh, to this year. And one thing that I wanted to, to bring up and kind of ask you about, and, and you've been kind of known for, especially this season is supporting law enforcement and first responders. So how did that, um, kind of derive and what made you, um, interested in that push to, to do all that? Yeah. Yeah. First off, I mean, I've, I've always had family members that, that are police officers that are firefighters that are, uh, you know, any type of first responder, you know, I've got a lot of backing in, you know, my family that does that, uh, you know, so it's always been close to my heart, but, 
um, actually had a sponsor uh, come to us and, and wanted it on the race car. And obviously, no question was was I able to, um, you know, want to, to be able to help support it, you know, so it originated from a sponsor. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's something that's always been close to my heart and something that I've always supported. Uh, you know, so it was a, a no brainer for me to, to want to help, you know, support and, and show, um, you know, the, the, at least what on, on my end, what I can do. And I wish I could do more, but still to show support for, for the first responders that are needed and, um, you know, are kind of overlooked, you know, it was, it was really incredible that a sponsor came and wanted to do something like this. And, uh, like I said, I was just really thankful that it was, was with me and, and I was able to help. Uh, with a message that I was, uh, you know, really close to my heart as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, when I started uh, to kind of see that, um, obviously we've had some um, some some changes in our in our society, and and um, without getting too political, uh, just in general in the country, especially with COVID right now this year. I mean, there's been a lot of changes, right? So seeing that was uh, was a welcoming sight, especially for um, like I mentioned, someone who like myself is in law enforcement and, um, it's just, it's just awesome to see support. seems like it's few and far between, um, you know, especially in the, in this current, um, current time that we we're living in. So we do, we do, uh, as a whole in law enforcement, appreciate that, um, seeing it on, on that level. Absolutely. And no, and, and to your point, I mean, here, here's the thing. Honestly, I just want to create positivity, right? And and I want to show support for for people that support me. And and obviously, every law enforcement uh, from top to bottom is, is there to protect and support me. You know, and I want to support people like that. You know, so uh, at the end of the day, I just want to create positivity. I want to to love everybody and, and have uh, open arms for everything, right? But uh, you know, it, it was definitely something that was needed, and uh, you know, just wanted to try to create um, you know, a light, right. And I didn't want to have negativity. I didn't want to have anything, um, downput or, or, you know, try to create any negativity like, you know, this world has right now, uh, unfortunately, you know, so I just wanted to do something. And, and like I said, it was a sponsor's idea at first. I'm just, you know, the thankful one that was, um, you know, the driver that they picked to help push the message. But, um, at the end of the day, I, I was really thankful for, for this. And like I said, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do is to try to help, bring positivity and, and, and bring a light to, uh, you know, something that I think that's very needed. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Positive vibes is what is, is so needed right now. Exactly. Um, but plus, plus you have, um, some really cool car designs. I gotta say, um, from, from all of this. Absolutely. I, for sure. And, you know, the cool part is that, uh, Lionel, which is, um, you know, the, the die cast company, actually ended up picking up a couple of our paint schemes this year and and uh it's, it's really incredible it's hard to get lionel to pick up some of your paint schemes so uh that even shows that that some of them are really special and really cool and and uh you know these are actually uh in my career the first time that lionel has picked up some paint schemes that that we've that we've ran this year uh so it's really cool and incredible that we're gonna have some uh die cast race cars that are actually already available for pre-order but really cool to to have uh you know, some orders and, and, uh, have a die cast made of, of some, you know, some really cool paint schemes that we've had this year. Awesome. Well, before I go into a fast fire of Q and a from fans, what is your favorite out of that, uh, all those schemes? What was your favorite? You know, the most special one, uh, was the one that we ran at, at Homestead. 
you know, just the back to blue one. I, I think that was amazing. I think it was simple. I think it was clean. I think the message was amazing. Um, and, and like you said, it, it really brought a lot of attention. And, and that's not what I was trying to do. Uh, I was just trying to show positivity and show support. Uh, but the amount of people that, that were behind uh, the message and the paint scheme and, and what was on the car, the amount of, um, you know, the people that were backing it was incredible, you know. So that was the one that, that's, you know, closest to my heart and, and you know, really important to me, um, you know, just for the pure fact of, of what it did to the community and, and what it's done to other people. Um, and like I said, it, it just created positivity and that, that, uh, that warms my heart, right? You know, so just to be able to do that and make a difference and show support. And, um, you know, that, that's what I've always wanted to do at a young age. I've always wanted to, to be able to use this as a platform and do something that I love, which is racing and, and to do it at, um, at the level that I'm doing it and to be able to make a difference. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to be different. I've never wanted to just kind of be an average driver and, and kind of be normal. I've always been different. always wanted to do things differently. And uh, it's, it's really cool to, to be able to try to make a difference and do everything I can on my end to, to make a difference in the community and, and show support. Well, and that must have been special, too, because that was at Homestead, right? That was your first NASCAR race. Yeah, yeah. So that was another really cool thing is, is uh, like you just mentioned, it was my first NASCAR start um, at Homestead. And to be able to um, come back from, and it was actually the first race after uh, well, I actually, I think it was, sorry, I think it was the third race after COVID. Um, but obviously everybody's been apart and been home and trapped up and, and had, had all the negativity with, with all the COVID stuff and to come back, uh, you know, with, with that kind of message was, was really cool. And like I said, it was just a really big light, um, you know, for everything that was so down for so long, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we'll kind of wrap up with some, uh, Q and A's that, that some people sent in. So I want to try to get through them as, as quickly as I can, because there's quite a bit of them, but, uh, as, as best you can try to explain, I'll, I'll try to phrase the questioning, um, in a manner that makes it a little bit easier understood. Um, and some of these things we might've already covered too during the, uh, during the discussion. But, um, the first one is, did you start on dirt? Obviously you, you said you started in go-karting, but there is um, some dirt racing, right, that you did? Yeah, yeah, there is. I started in asphalt. Uh, I'd say 90% of my career has been on asphalt. But when I was uh, 14, um, the the team that I was with owned a dirt modified that, that was in Texas. Uh, so 14, around 14, 15, and 16, uh, before I moved to North Carolina, I did a lot of dirt racing as well, which um, you know, really helped my career as well. I think helped kind of with my driving skill and stuff like that kind of helped move that stuff forward. So yeah, I've done a little bit there, but most of it's just been on asphalt. And that was in, in Missouri? Yeah. Yeah. So it started, started in Missouri with all the asphalt stuff, but the dirt stuff that I did was, uh, was in Texas. Oh, okay. Very cool. Um, next question is, uh, do you have any pre-race rituals? I know you're mentioning that you like to get some headphones on and, and listen to music. Is there anything else that you do? I'd say that's my biggest ritual is just trying to, um, obviously during the week, there's so much that I try to do to prepare. Um, I, I feel like it's always been good to kind of just clear my head, uh, obviously, uh, and just kind of get a, a clear brain, a clear mental focus, um, you know, and, and prepare myself for the race. And like I said, just kind of mentally focusing and, and getting prepared and, and just kind of 
letting everything calm down and relax a little bit before the race is probably the, the biggest preparation I have. Yeah, for sure. So I know, uh, like I mentioned, some of these things we might have uh, covered, but uh, I guess we can nail it down in this uh, on these questions. Who was your inspiration of being a NASCAR driver? So uh, obviously your dad and um, and the people that were involved in your family and, and line of friends and all that. So is there one person or maybe multiple people that kind of inspired you to, to do that? Yeah, obviously, you know, family is definitely first, you know, having that support is obviously the biggest inspiration and, and drive and motivation that I've gotten. Um, but, you know, to be involved with with uh, David Reagan, Chris Buescher, uh, you know, Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards has helped me out a lot. Uh, you know, there's been some great drivers that I've been able to um, be involved with and, and take advice from and learn from and, and, um, and, ha- and they have my back kind of thing and, and be able to ask questions and like I said, learn. Uh, you know, so there's been some, you know, great people along the way that, um, that I've been able to learn from and, and take advice from and, and have been really big supportive, uh, you know, on my end. Yeah, totally. How about favorite track? Um, so there was a, there was multiple questions on this. So a lot of people want to know what your favorite track to race at is. A driver is always going to tell you that their favorite tracks, whatever they have most success at. And, you know, I, I've, I like them all, you know, the, the tracks that NASCAR has brought to it has been incredible but if i had to pinpoint one you know iowa has been uh probably my favorite track that that uh that i've gone to um probably the most reason because i've had a lot of success there but uh on the other hand you know it's just a really cool track it's um it's a mild track and uh it's got a short track feel you know so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and i've heard uh you know that iowa's been a lot of drivers favorite racetracks to go to so um, you know, it's just an incredible track to go to. And like I said, Iowa is definitely, definitely at the top of my list. Well, that's cool. I did not know that. Um, sweet. So, um, question about COVID, obviously COVID has changed just about every facet of life, right. And all over the world. And, uh, but here in the U S and in professional sports, uh, I guess that has changed some aspects, obviously you guys are still driving, there's precautions taken, but, um, as from your perspective, has, how has it impacted the sport? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is not having fans, right? I mean, that's the fans are what drives, um, everything, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, the support system starts at, you know, so not having the fans there was, was the biggest impact that we saw. Um, you know, but on the other hand, then you've got, um, you know, I, I do everything I can to, stay out of contact from as many people as I can, whether it's, uh, you know, just, just being cautious of whenever I go out to dinner, whether it's trying to, you know, order and take out kind of thing or, or, um, or, or that aspect, or, you know, obviously definitely, um, being cautious of, of who I'm around. And, and like I said, and stuff like that. And then, you know, on the other hand, just washing your hand, wearing your mask and stuff like that, that everyone's, you know, beating your head and, and pressed, uh, you know, to do, and it is important, right. You know, to stay healthy and, and stuff like that, you know, so you don't really realize, uh, how many things you touch, uh, before you have to kind of, uh, beat it into your head to, to take care of yourself. And like I said, wash your hand and stuff like that, you know, so, uh, you know, just the biggest impact that the sport has seen is just unfortunately not having, you know, fans at the racetrack, you know? Yeah. So then, uh, obviously next season, we all hope that there's some sense of normalcy back into our, our lives, but uh, in, in sporting, especially in, in racing, uh, hopefully there's a push to kind of bring some of that back into what it was with fans and all that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, obviously, definitely miss the fans. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, I mean, what we fight right now is you know, sponsors want to come to the racetrack as well. So, you know, it's affecting, you know, that end as well, you know. So, um, you know, I definitely help. Uh, I hope that, like you said, some type of, of uh, you know, normalcy comes back into the sport and to where we can bring fans and, and have fans back and sponsors come to the racetrack and, uh, and family members, you know, you know, luckily they opened it up a little bit to where family members could come toward the end of the year. But, um, you know, on the other hand, like I said, it was, um, it wasn't normal, you know, they weren't allowed to come in the racetrack. They were allowed to be in the suites, you know, um, you know, further away from where they normally are. And, uh, like I said, I hope, like you said, just some type of, of, of normal stuff can come back to the sport and, and bring fans back is the biggest thing. Yeah. I can't wait to see some of that happen next season. I, I really do hope that it, uh, they do at least at, at more capacity that they, uh, they have at some sporting events now. So really hoping for that. Um, how about firearms? Like you have a favorite type of firearm to, uh, to shoot with a shotgun or a rifle or what do you enjoy? Honestly, everything, right? I mean, it's, it's fun. Obviously, like you probably know, there's, there's different aspects to every single type of gun, you know, obviously shotguns are what probably I have most experience with, with just going hunting with my father and stuff like that. But uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of, of stuff that they have to play with up there. And like I said, I just enjoy, like I said, it's something that I can use to kind of um, get away for a little bit, right? And, and kind of get my mind off other things. And obviously, like you know, there's a lot of mental focus that you have to have uh, when you're when you're uh, you know, shooting and stuff like that. There's so much stuff that you've got to pay attention to and, and be aware of, uh, you know, so it's something that, like I said, completely gets my mind off of uh, racing, for example. And, and like I said, it's just a, a really good tool that I've found, um, you know, to, to use to just, you know, mentally get away for a little bit. And it's something that my father and my brother, you know, love to do as well. So it, it's something that, you know, we can do as a family as well. And like I said, family is really important to me and, and, uh, you know, to be able to do that as a group is really fun. What are you most looking forward to this off season right now? You know, just kind of seeing where everything goes. You know, I've got uh, a lot going on right now and, and, you know, definitely plan on, you know, being with a team that hopefully we can have a lot of success next year. But, you know, on the off season, you know, the biggest thing for me is just trying to prepare myself, uh, you know, the best I can. And, and like I said, I know it's quote unquote called the off season, but now's, uh, you know, when I have to, you know, realistically kind of, you know, still work just as hard and, and you know, be prepared and try to find success at, you know, whatever team it might be that I'm going to be, you know, signing with this year and, and just try to find, um, you know, a team that I can have the most success with and, and, uh, you know, try to, uh, to have fun with it. You know, that's the biggest thing as well is have fun. Awesome. Well, I hope you have an awesome, uh, off season and, and holidays. Um, I know that there's a lot to look forward to next, next year, um, starting in February for the new race season. And, um, Obviously, being a partner with Brass Half Full, we look forward to uh, fully supporting you going into 2021. So I want everybody to stay tuned for what's to come um, with that partnership with Brass Half Full and Kyle Weatherman. So um, like I said, Kyle, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and have this um, kind of talk session on, on the Brass Half Full Project podcast. Um, I know there's a ton of stuff in store for you and, and bringing it back to the beginning, you have a lot of confidence and, uh, and humility. And so that, that will, uh, obviously guide you in your racing career. So all the best, anything, uh, 
anything else to, to pass or add on? Yeah, no, like I said, I obviously appreciate everything you guys are doing for me and appreciate the partnership with Brass Half Full and excited to see where this goes this year. And, and like I said, I just appreciate uh, what you guys do for me and, and I can't, uh, can't do, uh, can't show enough support for, for everything that you guys do and all the law enforcement, right. You know, so just uh, really excited to see where this, this next year goes and excited to see where our partnership goes, but I appreciate, uh, appreciate today. And it uh, was an awesome podcast. And like I said, appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Well, that ends it for, uh, for this episode. Thanks uh, a lot, Kyle, for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you.